Good to see you all this morning. It's amazing how the sun makes a big difference, right, on a Sunday. You know, last Sunday, you know, it was all cold and, a little, you know, snowy. And I remember this past week when we had some, some snow midweek, um, it was a little surprising to me how much snow we got, right? And so on Thursday morning, before I headed off to work, I had to shovel snow on my driveway. And it was quite a bit of snow, right? And so I um, had to take a break in between shoveling, not shovel a load and then kind of sit there for a while, kind of imagining, what would it be like if I was on a tropical island right now, <laughs> right? That would be great if, uh, if I was at one, right? And so I started thinking, man, you know, remember when we used to be able to take some vacations? You know, I was thinking, maybe I should go take a vacation soon. And so I was reminded of when um, I was in Texas, not really a place to, to go <laughs> on a tropical vacation, right? But um, I remember when I was living in Texas, I was in college uh, years ago now, um, I'm pretty uh, up there in age, uh, but you know, maybe can't tell that. But uh, I've, I've been around for a while. I went to went to college down in Texas, and uh, I remember uh, being in a fraternity, and it's actually a Christian fraternity. Uh, I know that's that's kind of an oxymoron, uh, but uh, but I had a friend. One of the guys in our, our fraternity had a beach house in Galveston, Texas. And every year, if, if there were active members that didn't have any plans for spring break, he would invite whoever was there at the house to go uh, spend some time in his, in his uh, beach house over in Galveston. And so we would go and do that. And it was just good, good times. We'd, we'd grill out, barbecue, have fun on his boat, water ski, jet ski. He's got, he had all the toys. And, uh, and all, we did all these things, water stuff, which is really kind of crazy because I just don't like the water. But I was out there anyway. Puking my guts out. But, uh, but it was a beautiful place, right? It, it, uh, it was fun. It, uh, was, it was very humid and sticky. Um, not what I like too much, but, uh, but it was a great time. But in September of 2008, I don't know if you remember this, but the Hurricane Ike uh, swept through Cuba and actually hit Texas pretty bad. Uh, Galveston Island was hit the hardest. And uh, the hurricane was a Category 4 Winds of 145 miles per hour. The damage cost uh, that this hurricane uh, created was in the $38 billion range. And, uh, and it just, uh, they had 195 fatalities. And, and it was, a, it devastated the communities of, of Crystal Beach, uh, Gilchrist. They were just wiped off the map. And it was amazing because when you look at this area, everything was just gone, flattened except for this one yellow, one yellow white house, or yellow house. It was the only thing that remained, this yellow house. And you look at it, you look at the devastation, nothing was left standing except for this yellow house. The story goes on that the owners of this house had lost a home a couple years prior to Hurricane Rita. And, and they, this time they said, you know, I'm going to go and hire... Uh, the best architects, the best engineers to design their home and build to the latest hurricane standard so it'll withstand hurricanes like this. So they strengthened the foundation, built a house on stilts that were a little bit higher than the rest of the neighborhood. And it's not like the folks that lived in the rest of the neighborhood there did anything wrong, right? Some, some folks lived there for a while. Some people maybe just bought a house. They didn't really understand or know that maybe their home wasn't built to the latest codes, nor did they spend the extra time and the money to maybe research that and make sure that their home can withstand storms such as those. But these, this couple, they learned from the last storm that they experienced. 
right? The couple made sure that their foundation could withstand the strongest of storms. So as Jesus finished up his Sermon on the Mount, he used a very similar story about homes and foundations. He told a story about two men who built homes. They, they probably lived in the same neighborhood, but they made very different choices. So if you would, let's turn to Matthew chapter 7. Just pull your Bibles out, Matthew chapter 7. If you don't have a Bible, you can also uh, go on your phone and download the, the YouVersion app and then turn into Matthew chapter 7. So we, we spent some, some weeks here, actually a year now, on, on the Sermon on the Mount uh, but the past few weeks in our, our strategic series here called Choices, we've learned a lot of different things. And so what, what we're doing now is we're, we're coming together here. Uh, Jesus is, is closing out a sermon with this story. And so in Matthew chapter 7, beginning in verse 24, he says this. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall. Because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house. And it fell and great was the fall of it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray together. Holy Father, I want to thank you so much for today. I just thank you for the opportunity that we have this freedom to come together and, and worship and honor you. I do thank you for your words and, to your, and, and your truths. I just ask, Lord, you just open our hearts this morning, wherever we are here in this building, for those who are at home. Just please open our hearts this morning to hear what you have to say to us, that, uh, that we would take it into our hearts and into our minds that we just live out what you say. We thank you again for this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So like I said, for the past year, we, we've been spending time on the Sermon of the Mount, right? And, and Jesus, again, brings it all together here for us. And he starts off, uh, when he closes, he's closing out his sermon here, and he starts off with this story of these two, different, uh, these two different men, right? But if you noticed, at the beginning of the stories that he mentions of these two men, he starts with the same phrase. He says, everyone then who hears these words of mine. And what he's talking about here is that everyone who's heard his teachings, Everyone who was there at the Sermon on the Mount listening to what he had to say. But he's also saying, for those of you who are reading my word right now, he's closing out his Sermon on the Mount where he taught about the Beatitudes. He's warning about temptations. He's uh, providing general foundations of life and how to live them as a believer in God and follower of him. This is what Jesus is really talking about when he's saying uh, these words of mine. Right? He then begins to distinctly talk about one man who listened to him, and did what he said. This one man who was obedient. And then if you look at the other spectrum, he's, he describes another man who listened to Jesus, heard what he said, but didn't do it. He didn't follow through. He didn't uh, obey him. He, he, he ignored what Jesus had to say. And I don't think this guy woke up and said, you know what, I'm going to go build my house on sand, on weak soil. And I don't think that any of us wake up in the morning and thinking, you know what, I am going to wake up and just fail in life today. Right? Hey, you know, it's a great morning. I'm just going to go suck today. Right? And no one wakes up to go do that. Right? We, we, we think of, of wisdom, and then there's foolishness, and there's a big difference there, obviously. Right? That, uh, that wisdom that the first man had 
And then there's a foolishness that the second man shown. And there's an author uh, that um, I was reading about, a quote that he had, an anonymous person actually, and he says this, Wisdom is when we see truth and adjust our lives accordingly. Foolishness, on the other hand, is when we demand the truth adjust to our reality. Wow. Pretty profound, right? And you know what's amazing too? When you go into the Bible, Solomon actually talks about this in Proverbs uh, chapter 12. In verse 15 he says, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. Wisdom is found in the obedience to Jesus, to listen to him and then doing what he says. Whereas the foolish person lives in his own world and expects to, uh, everything to revolve around his or her truth. Right, and so this morning, the question for us is, what is that truth built on? If we take to heart what Jesus has to say to us today, it has the ability to change our lives. So our big idea this morning, or what we call our sermon in a sentence, is this. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. Build your life on the foundation that, we, that can withstand the storms. Build your life on the foundation that, with, that can withstand the storms. So there are three things we can learn from Jesus when it comes to home building. Right? And the first is this. Storms reveal the foundation our lives are built on. Right? There's a lot of power in a storm. You know, whether it be a hurricane or tornado, you know, Pastor Drew, he's from the kind of the Kansas area, and I'm sure, you know, he's experienced some, some tornadoes there. You know, those can be pretty powerful. Blizzards can be powerful. Actually, the remnants of a blizzard can be pretty powerful, right? The earth shakes, the wind blows, everything is rattling and shaking, and then the power goes out, and you can't see a thing. Storms create fear. Fear for your property, Fear for your family, fear for your life. But people react differently to, to storms. Some are, are frozen in fear and they can't move. Others make bad, bad decisions, bad choices out of fear. Right? Fear can lead to doubt, a loss of faith, and the lack of ability to see past the storm. So let me ask you this. What storms are you facing now? Maybe, maybe it's something financial. You're, you're struggling financially. Maybe you have uh, your relationship. could be a spouse, a loved one, whoever it might be. Maybe someone at work. There's a challenge in that relationship. Or maybe it's a health issue, some complications. Whatever it might be, you know, there, we all have these different storms in our life. Now, the one thing I could tell you, though, is that whatever you're going through right now, you are not alone. In fact, when you look at the story of disciples and Jesus, after the Sermon on the Mount, if you look on, in the next chapter, in Matthew chapter 8, in verse 23, it says this, And when Jesus got into the boat, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great storm on the sea, so that the boat was being swamped by the waves. But he was asleep. And they went and woke him, saying, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. And he said to them, Why are why are you afraid, O you of little faith? Then he rose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. And the, man, and the men marveled, saying, What sort of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? Now these are, these are Jesus' disciples. These are the men that um, has seen and experienced a lot of the miraculous things that, that Jesus performed. 
firsthand. Yet when a storm came, they freaked out. Even with Jesus sleeping in the boat with them calmly, they still worried about their lives. You think with Jesus sleeping with no worry in the world that maybe they'd say, oh, yeah, you know, we're fine. You know, Jesus is just sleeping there calmly. Uh, you know, he's done so many miraculous things that we've seen. Surely he'll take care of us, take care of us in the storm, right? But this is the thing that we, we tend to believe about the disciples. We, we think they should have reacted this way, right, in confidence, in, you know, peacefully, knowing that Jesus had everything in his hands. Right? They would totally be fine in the storm. Right? With Jesus with them in the boat. Right? You, you think that that's what they would think. I bet you if you saw these disciples today and they're just walking around, you couldn't tell that maybe they had some doubt in their lives. Right? So as we walked into this church this morning, maybe some of us ha- have put on our perfect faces. Right? You, you wake up this morning, you're kind of like, Ugh. But then you walk into the church and, yep. hey, I'm not a very good mime person. But, uh, but that's what we do, right? We, we put on these perfect faces, this facade, so that people won't see that we have some weaknesses. That we don't want people to see that, uh, that we're not perfect. We don't want people to see that we're going through a storm in our life because we don't want to show the weakness that we have. But here's the truth. Jesus is with us, but we're still scared within our storms. I remember about five years ago, I was shopping uh, for a house. And uh, five years ago, if you remember, um, it wasn't a good time to buy. It was a seller's market. And, and so every time you're looking at a house, you either had to go offer way more than the asking price. You had to have cash in hand to go lock in this house. So being me, you'd think I'd, I'd learn things like this in life, that I would buy a house a little bit sooner, right? But, you know, mark, the market, it just changes every time. It fluctuates. But, but at this time, it was difficult to go buy a house, right? So you almost had to go look at every home and not really cross them off right away, right? Especially if you wanted to live in a certain area. So there's this home that uh, my realtor and I went to go check out. A totally gorgeous home from the outside. And, uh, and so as we walked through the door, there's like a dozen other people coming in with us, right? So you're kind of thinking in your mind, oh, my gosh, you know, we, we have to compete against these people to go get this house, <laughs> Right, so you're kind of like, man, you know, let's, you don't want to give up, you know, all, your, all your, uh, your, your leverage, right, because they might hear you. And so you're looking at this house, and, and you walk inside, and it's just as beautiful inside as it was on the outside. Right? These, these folks really took care of this home. You know, but we went upstairs to go look at the bedrooms, and that's kind of when the weirdest thing kind of happened here. We, we walked through the hallway, it kind of felt like we were walking through a funhouse, Right? So you think that you're, you're walking straight, but then you have this feeling like, you know, is the, <laughs> you know, I actually started getting a little sick. <laughs> you know, like my equilibrium was kind of off. And so we walked into one of the, the kids' bedrooms. I found a ball, and I set it on a dresser, and it started to roll, like, fast. Right? So that's, yeah, a hard pass on this house. Right? And so what we found out was that in this area, uh, there was a lot of bentonite. And I don't know if you're familiar with bentonite, but in the soil, there's this, this clay, and it's called bentonite. And what bentonite does is it, it, uh, it swells and reacts extremely uh, to, to different uh, moisture levels, right? So if it's heavily saturated with water, maybe from, from a heavy rain or, or from a, a snowstorm, uh, it, it starts to expand alarmingly, 
right? And then when it's dry, if you have like late summers in August, we have these, these times of drought sometimes, and it starts to shrink. And so, so what bentonite does, it causes foundations to, to swell and move. And so what it does to the house is that it makes your walls start to crack. It makes you feel like you're in this fun house, right? Like your, your house is, is, is kind of off kilter. And the house was, was beautiful both on the outside and the inside, but deep down the foundation was weak. When the storms rolled in, the rain, the snow, the foundation began to give way because it wasn't built on solid rock. I have to say that, that I think we've all been going through a pretty difficult storm this past year, right, called, caused by this pandemic. You know, things are, are not normal. Right? You're coming in here, you're wearing masks, you got to clean your hands all the time. You know, you really can't hang out with a whole lot of people, and, and you know, we're trying to wait for this vaccine. And so, so things aren't normal. And, and during this time, some people have lost jobs. And even today, some folks still don't have a job. Some people have lost businesses because of this. Some have even lost their homes, whether it be a rental or a home that they've been paying mortgages on. Right? And others, during this time, have lost loved ones. In this church, we've, we've lost loved ones here. And it's a difficult time, and it's, this is stuff that, that is probably directly related to the pandemic, like the pandemic causing these problems. But what about all the other crap that we have to deal with in our lives? All this extra stuff outside of what the pandemic is causing right now. I was just talking to a friend about uh, how lonely uh, it's been during this time, Right? We're very fortunate and blessed that we're open, that we can still come together as a church to meet here live. There's still a lot of churches out there that are closed. And some can, can do live streaming, others can't. Right? There's not a lot of life groups going on. And so, so we're, we're struggling spiritually because we, we don't have the community anymore. We don't have the fellowship like we once did. So let me ask you, how... Have we, re- have we reacted in these tough times? Have we turned to Jesus? Have we trusted in him? Or have we just taken care of things uh, on our own? How many of us have turned to what maybe uh, gives us comfort that's outside of Jesus? How easily has it been for us to give in to our temptations or revert back to old addictions that maybe we thought that we, that we uh, already beat? This is a difficult time that it's easy to go fall back into those kind of things. And we do this because it's what we know, right? It's, it's familiar. It's, it's comfortable. And if you're taking notes this morning, you can write this down. Storms can reveal where we put our faith and trust in. When we're faced with difficult times, with difficult choices, we can either make a decision based on on a position of strength, one where we listen to God, or, or we make one based on a position of weakness. So if I were to ask you, if you were to collect all the choices that you've made in your life, and you are to trend them on a graph or a chart, 
Would you trend in a position of strength? Or, or would you trend in a position of weakness, in a decision made that you've made? Whichever way you trend or have a tendency toward can reveal a lot about how you deal with difficult circumstances in your life. When the wind blows and the waves come and the storms uh, in life come, will you remain standing? Building our homes or building our, our lives on the sand basically means that we are merely hearers of what Jesus is saying and not doers. If you look at James chapter 1, it says, But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in the mirror. And get this. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forget what he was like. You know, a good example of this is when you're coming to church this morning and you hear something profound and you have a, a vision of something about your life that you can apply to and you know, hey, if I do this, I can fix whatever that is because I'm being obedient to what God is showing me at church this morning, right? But immediately, as soon as we leave the building, we just totally forget about that, what God just told us. We... It's almost like we, we listen intently, but then we want to just go off and do whatever we go do. When I was in high school, I took a Spanish class, and our teacher used to say this. Comprendo, pero no entiendo. You know what that means? It means that I understand what you're saying, but I don't understand what you mean. Right? We hear what Jesus is saying, but it's not making a whole lot of sense. It's not making a lasting impression because we're not taking the time to really understand what does this mean? How does this affect me? It's, it's like we've ignored him so long. It's kind of like we, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, okay. We, you know, we just nod, acknowledge, but then just go do whatever we want to go do. So is this you? Do you see this in your life? Often the reality is that we don't do what he says because we don't really believe or trust what he says. We know what we know, and that's how we're going to go do things. When you look at your life, are you trusting him? I, I don't know about you, but there's a lot of times in my life where I, I kind of take things in my own hands rather than, than trusting God with it. And a lot of times it doesn't really work out at the end. Right? I, I, we tend to build our foundation with ourselves in mind rather than on God. So we do what the world has shown us and not what God has taught us. So where does that leave us? You know, we're left trusting in what we know and not what God knows best. And this is a weak foundation. What happens when the rain, the floods, the storms come and demolish our plans? Jesus says in verse 27, great was the fall of it. But here's the truth. Jesus cares about where your foundation is built. He wants to help build your home on the rock. So when you look at the storms in your life, what are they revealing? Are you building your life on the rock or on the sand? And in our scripture this morning, Jesus is also saying this. Never forget in the dark what God has shown you in the light. Never forget in the dark 
what God has shown you in the light. It's actually one of my favorite uh, quotes. I remember a pastor mentioning this in a, in, in a message one day, and uh, it was just blew my mind. And this is actually a quote from Philip Yancey, who's a Christian author, who took a quote from a man named Joseph Bailey, who was a former director of uh, InterVarsity Press, former president of David C. Cook Publishing. And so Joseph Bailey wrote this, don't forget in the darkness what you have learned in the light. Or more accurately, he, he, he said, believe in the darkness what you have seen in the light. And Philip Yancey even adds further to that and says, yet sometimes the darkness descends so thickly that we can barely remember the light. When we face difficult storms in our lives, it sometimes feels we just can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. We wonder how long this pain and suffering will last. Will we ever make it through? We almost forget what it was like when the times were good. When we didn't have the darkness of the storm drown out the sunshine. We don't know if we'll ever get back there. So I've had some pretty scary flights in my life. A lot of it uh, was, was experienced on uh, uh, flying into Kodiak Airport. So I grew up on Kodiak Island in Alaska. And uh, being on an island, the airport can be pretty socked in with heavy fog and uh, makes, the, uh, makes flying kind of precarious. So if you look at the picture here, the airport's kind of in this little valley. But what's at the end of the runway? It's a big mountain, right? <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's pretty encouraging. That's Barometer Mountain right there. We actually had an F-15 crash into that mountain. So that's pretty scary. But this is what it's like. I remember one, one summer, I was already uh, working here uh, out, of, out of school, and I went to visit, visit some friends in Kodiak. I was there for two weeks. It was sometime late in August. And, and in August time frame, we, we do get a lot of fog, and we do get a lot of rain. And, and Kodiak is actually called the Emerald Isle because in the summertime, it's just luscious green. Totally opposite of here in the summer. And so there was a flight that I had to go take, but it was delayed a day because of all this fog. And so I was getting a little nervous because I had to work <laughs> soon, right? And so I was like, why am I going to get back and, and make it to work? And so they were able to go and reschedule my flight. So I got to the airport, and uh, uh, the weather wasn't any better. It was still pretty foggy. It, it was really it was actually kind of dark, and it was during the daytime even because it was just raining so hard. And what they did, though, is they allowed us to go and board the plane just in case there was a, a window of opportunity to go and take off. And so uh, we were able, actually, we got the okay to taxi out and take off. And so as we pulled up into the air, I don't know if, I guess you could pull up into the air, right? You, you, as we started getting altitude taking off, it, it was bad. <laughs> you know, we, we had a lot, of, a lot of this, you know, and I, I'm pretty used to turbulence, but man, this, this was like this, it was like that. You know, I'm pretty sure we did a barrel roll. And uh, maybe even a backflip. Uh, you know, if I remember right, vividly, I think we did a somersault in pike position. You know, it was, it was just bad, right? I had to, honestly, I had to, I had to pucker up on this one. Right? And, and it was, uh, I was holding tightly on, on the armrest. It was just so scary. And, and not only were we shaken, not stirred, uh, you couldn't see anything out of the windows. It was still pretty dark out. Right? It was a pretty scary experience, and you kind of wonder, man, how long is this going to last? We're going to get out of this thing. Is the flight going to be like this the whole time? But once we broke through the fog, through the storm, and got to the top of the clouds, it was sunny and it was calm. 
one of the truths I want to share with you today is that the sun is always there. It's just that we don't see it through the storm. In Psalm 40, it says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He climbed to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not turn to the proud, to those who go astray after a lie. And this is my favorite part of, the, of this passage. Verse 5. You have multiplied, O Lord my God, your wondrous deeds, and your thoughts toward us. No, none can compare with you. I will proclaim and tell of them, yet they are more that can be told. We need to constantly and consistently remind ourselves of all that God has done in our lives. Not during the good times, right? Not just that. We also have to remember those during the toughest of times when, when things look bleak. And not only do we want to remember what God has taught us, what Jesus taught, especially in these past few chapters, but we also want to remember how he has taken care of us to reflect on all that he's done to bring us where we're at. I don't know if you're familiar with Jim Elliott. Jim Elliott was a missionary back in the 50s. And, and he and, and his crew went to go fly to Ecuador to go uh, spread the gospel to this, uh, this tribe, uh, this unreached people group called the Harani. And so as they got there, the Harani actually killed them. There's five of them that, that were murdered by the Harani. And the amazing thing about this, totally miraculous, is that um, not too long after uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ uh, was reached to this unreached people group, that they gave their life to Jesus. But uh, Jim Elliott's, uh, his widow, Elizabeth Elliott, wrote this. Take the word of the Lord in your darkness. If he died to let us live in his company... Is he likely to abandon us just because things look dark? Remember his wondrous deeds. Remember his thoughts toward us. If you want some super major encouragement, I encourage you to read John chapter 17 because this is purely a chapter where Jesus is praying for us, praying for his disciples, praying for his followers. And this is what he prayed. In verse 13, he's praying for joy. But now I am coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. In verse 15, he's praying for our protection. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. And in verse 26, he's talking about the love that he has for us. I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. We have to remind ourselves of the sacrifice that, that Jesus made to give us salvation. It's like we have to kind of preach to ourselves the gospel over and over again to remember this. With that great sacrifice that he made, why would we, he ever do it for nothing? Right? Why would he give, a, give up on us when, when times are difficult in our lives? I mentioned this earlier. I'm going to say this one again. Jesus cares about where our foundation is built. He wants to help build our home on the rock. So where do we go from here? So our last point is build your foundation before the storm comes. Build your foundation before the storm comes. 
I want to make sure that we're ready when the storms finally come, and they will come, right? It's not really a question of if they'll come. It's a question of when, and are we going to be prepared for those? You know, you remember the little uh, yellow house? Uh, the couple that owned that house had to go through a pretty devastating experience, right? They, had, they, they lost their home to a hurricane a few years earlier, but they learned from that and made sure that they were prepared if it ever happened again. But it took some time, though, right? They had to go wait for the insurance company to give them the money they needed to go start a new house. They did a lot of research to find out who the best architects and the best engineers were. They had to listen to the advice of what they had for building the right foundation for an area that is prone to hurricanes. Then they had to, to break ground. And this breaking ground is, is kind of a process in itself, right? They had to dig and pour the foundation, but they kind of have to do that when it's nice, when it's nice out. You hit to go pour foundation uh, when, when it's pouring out and, and, the, and the ground is all muddy and soupy. It will be difficult to go and pour. I'm sure nowadays, you know, we can do that. We can do that. But, but it's a lot more difficult to go and do that in, in, when, when, when the storm is bad. Have you ever had a home uh, or, or seen that happen where, where they, they put that in, right? It's, it's a mess. You kind of don't want to go look at it when it's, when it's raining out. But we have to take the opportunity to prepare ourselves during the good times and not wait for the bad times to make a commitment to Jesus, to listen to him, to obey, to him, to obey him. It can't be a hasty decision either, right? We don't want to make this decision last minute uh, when the poop hits the fan, right? In Isaiah 28, it says, Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am the one who has laid as a foundation in Zion a stone, a tested stone, a, pre- a precious cornerstone of a sure foundation. Whoever believes will not be in haste. We have this truth that, that Jesus is the firm foundation, that, that he is the cornerstone, that he is the rock of our salvation. You know, he is tested, he is proven, and we can be sure of this truth. So why don't we just trust and obey him then, right? Giving our lives to Jesus is, is a commitment and, and one we really can't make hastily. And what I mean about making a hasty decision is that whenever something goes bad, let's trust in him and hope that maybe he'll fix it, right? And maybe sometimes it does get fixed, and as soon as everything's all fine and dandy, we just kind of put him on the bench, leave him on the shelf, and just move on with our lives and not nurture that relationship with him. Trusting and obeying God is all of the time, not some of the time. The commitment to him is lifelong. So I remember the first time I adopted a dog. My dog's name was Cody. And, and he, it was a really exciting time because I, you know, I was kind of living in my house, kind of alone. And it was, I was excited to have him enter my life. And, uh, and I thought maybe, you know, as time goes on, he'll just be the greatest of, of partners, right? And, and uh, he would bring so much, so much joy, best friend. And then I had to go feed him. And then I'd go pick up his doo-doo. And, uh, and then I had to clean after him constantly uh, with all the accents that he had the first week. Like, that first week w- was super difficult. You know, I didn't really know, like, man, did I make the right decision here? I started questioning that. Like, is it worth having a good friend, you know? Um, I don't know if I want to put in this time, right? Do I just kind of suffer through this? I had, to, had this decision I had to make, right? Do I suffer through this and hopefully it works out for the best? Or do I give him back to the rescue? 
And this happens all too often we make decisions like this, right? A lot of us make a pretty hasty decision. Say, hey, you know what? Let's go get a puppy. It'll be great, right? It'll just be awesome. We're going to love it. You know, we're going to take care of it, and we'll name him George. <laughs> the, the little bunny rabbit. <laughs> right? And then so then find out that having a puppy is not as easy as it looks. And all too often, unfortunately, they either give the puppy away or drop it off at a shelter. Now, it's so easy to give up when we make decisions in haste. We just want all the problems to get fixed or don't even show up at all. And we don't want to take the time to suffer through it all and, and suffer through all the heartaches and pain that it might cause. Sometimes we just want to just walk away and don't deal with it at all. But what if we take the time to suffer through it, to take care of this puppy, to play with it, to teach it good behaviors with proper training, to housebreak it, to love it? Then we find out that maybe it's the best decision we ever made, right? And we just love this puppy forever. You know, but to get there, we had to acknowledge the commitment it had to take to, to take care of this uh, puppy properly. We, we knew that going in, and we knew that if we nurture this relationship, that, uh, that in time, while we do life with our puppy, uh, it'll be part of the family. That's kind of what happened with Cody and I, right? We ended up becoming uh, the best of friends. You know, he got to know me very well. And I don't know if you know this, but dogs care. Cats don't care, right? <laughs> A lot of times, they'll just scratch your face, laugh, and walk off with their butts held high, right? <laughs> I just said butts. Is it okay to say butts? <laughs> oh, it doesn't really matter, right? I mean, I said crap earlier, right? So, um, so you know, but the thing about dogs is that they have this awareness that maybe you're going through a hard time, right? And they kind of snuggle up to you and say, hey, you know, I'm here. What can I do for you? And they love you, and it's unconditional love, right? We are never going to be perfect in our commitment, but it's our intentionality that's important, Right? We've got to take the time. We have to be intentional in what we do and how we nurture and grow in our relationship and trust in Jesus. Right, so our relationship with Jesus is a, is a commitment and not one we can make hastily where we would just move on if we don't get what we want from him. But when we come to Jesus, when we listen to what he says and then do what he says, we make that commitment to obeying him and trusting him and his ways. That's when we know that our foundation is built on him, is built on the rock. We'll be unwavering no matter what storms will come into our lives. We don't have to worry about our foundation being built on sand and breaking down when the tough times come. And in John 16, this is another one of my favorites. I, I got a list of favorites. But this is a really good one here. So uh, in John 16, it's, it says, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus teaches us these things, and he spent the time teaching at the Sermon on the Mount so that the people, that we would find peace in our lives. He knew that we would, uh, we would, we would struggle. He knew what was best for us. He, he knew that the troubles we would face would be pretty difficult because he lived it. I'm going to go conclude with this, this last uh, quote. It's just... Um, Pretty profound. This is from Steve Mueller. And he writes this, Believing in God can give you strength, courage, and an important sense of hopefulness. 
It can motivate you to become the best version of yourself and to treat others kindly. Even more importantly, having faith in God can help you to see a purpose in suffering. By trusting in God's guidance during such times of despair, you will know deep down inside yourself that things will eventually get much better. Not only will this help you to keep going whenever the going gets tough, but it also encourages you to see things from a brighter perspective. So in short, trusting in God can give you the strength to face your fears and to overcome what is holding you back. We summed up all our, 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 our series here, uh, Choices, with, with this last passage on the Sermon on the Mount. And this is the last day where, when you think about the whole year we spent on the Sermon on the Mount, we're just learning about the Beatitudes, learning about how to really live uh, the Christian life, a lot of the things that we might face in life. You know, we also, the past several weeks in, in our series called Choices, we were... Uh, we have to kind of think through some of the choices we do have to make in life, right? We, do, we, do we choose to judge others or to have compassion and love them? Do we go about handling, thing, handling everything in our lives on our own or do we go to God in prayer? Do we continue to treat others poorly, ignore, their, or ignore them completely, or treat them as we want to be treated? We have to decide if we take the wide, easy road that leads to destruction or do we take the narrow road that leads to life it all starts really with what Jesus talks about really in our scripture today he sums it all up pretty well are we building our foundation on the sand that shifts and moves when the rain the floods and the winds come or are we building on the solid rock that is in Jesus Christ C.S. Lewis writes, if we find ourselves with a desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. So what choice are you going to make today? Will you choose to build your life on the rock? Maybe this morning as you were listening to me kind of share some stories or just hearing what God had to say through, through the scripture you're, you're thinking to yourselves, man, I, I've drifted. Yeah, I've been a Christian, a Christ follower for, for quite some time, but lately I've been sliding. To be honest with you all, Pastor Drew knows this, this sermon was probably one of the most difficult ones for me to write. And it's not because there's a lot of information in here, a lot of truth in here, but because I was kind of going through some tough times myself. It's really hard to explain, but I know you know what I mean. That when, when things are tough, you get tested. Are, are you really listening to God? Are, or are you kind of just doing things on your own? And I felt like maybe I was kind of doing things on my own. And so when I was writing this, when it first started, I just felt like, I was kind of forcing it. And then I had to really give in to Jesus and say, God, um, this is all from you. There's nothing that I can do here. I just need you. I just need your help. And thank God, you know, he, uh, he worked it out. And 
maybe you're faced with a choice this morning that you've never given your life to Jesus, but throughout your life, you've always felt the tug of Jesus saying, come to me. My encouragement to you this morning is don't wait. You know, the storms will come. You just don't know when, and you want to be prepared. You want to give your life to Jesus now. I encourage you not to wait because the hope, the salvation that he offers is more than this world can offer. And you can start your building your life on the rock today. Let's go together in prayer.